welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward, and this week we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. Um, instead of having a guest on like I normally do, I'm going to sit down and just chat with you. It's not going to be too long. It's probably going to be 15 minutes. Um, but the topic today is about having an adventure because I truly, truly believe people should have adventures. They should go out of their way to get out of their comfort zone and get out into wilderness and go for an adventure, do something challenging, do something maybe a little intimidating at first, but something that is going to push you forward. And for me, I need adventures every few weeks. I need, I need them. (laughs) I need, I must have some sort of adventure once a month, at least, if I go longer than that, I get cranky. You can ask my wife. I need to get out into an area I haven't explored before or somewhere in the woods or, you know, one of my favorite spots in the world, and I need to push myself, whether this is a hard hike, um, some sort of trail run, uh, you know, an adventure race. Hence, (laughs) adventure races are the best because the, the adventure is right in the title of them, right? But I need something to to experience that is going to basically just remind me of some big concepts that I already know, I've already learned. And that's a really cool and important part about having an adventure. Sometimes you learn new things. You either learn that you can push past your limits, you learn that you can handle some adversity, or you just learn that the wilderness isn't that scary of a place, right? Or you simply just learn, man, I should not be wearing trail running shoes climbing over slick boulders right now, right? You learn these lessons along the way during an adventure. Sometimes you learn things new. Sometimes, on the other hand, you relearn these lessons. Like the adventure is just a little gift that you receive that reminds yourself oh yeah, I already knew, I already knew that these were my limits, or I already knew to stay present in the moment, or I'll fall flat on my face on a rock, right? You learn, you just relearn and reestablish these ideas in your head, and this kind of goes back to college for me, um, learning this idea, because in college, I had this goal, right? I wanted to be healthy because I'd always been a lineman in football you know you got a little extra pudge and I was never a huge lineman or anything but you know I definitely wasn't eating the most healthy diet or exercising in the most healthy way or you know I'd try to stay active and lift weights but you know I wasn't necessarily at the level that I wanted to be at and so my roommate Shane Dowdy shout out uh, (laughs) my roommate had literally I'd say 40 men's health magazines in his room. (laughs) And, you know, say what you will about men's health, but, uh, you know, if you read it one time, there's going to be some decent advice in there. Now, I also know that it's obviously established by, you know, a whole bunch of sponsors. And really, if you read two or three of them in a row, it's just repeating the same advice over and over again, right? But... I needed that at that time. I needed to repeat the same advice over and over again. So I made it a 
habit to simply read one men's health article every single day. And the reason I did that was just simply for the reminder, you know, hey, if you want to feel a certain way or you want to look a certain way, you're going to have to stay consistent. You're going to have to know these ideas and think about them every day. So that way, when you're going to reach for that cheeseburger or that Jack's pizza, which is the best pizza of all time, if you're in college, the little frozen pizzas, um, throw some extra cheese on that, some extra pepperoni. And, you know, sometimes I do that two or three times a week. But once I started reading these articles, I realized it would just simply act as a reminder of when I was throwing that extra cheese or that extra pepperoni. <laughs> it would just remind me, hey, man, this isn't super healthy. Maybe you shouldn't do this, dude. Maybe you should reach for that uh, can of tuna or that uh, chicken breast instead. So that brings me back to my, my idea about adventures. I need them every, every so often. I just need refreshers. I need to remember these ideas, these all-important lessons that I've already learned, that adventure has already taught me, but I just need a refresher. I need them, I need to constantly be reminded. Maybe it's because I'm a dum-dum. I don't know. Maybe it's because I've been hitting the head quite a few times. <laughs> and, you know, I, I have this life-changing experience and I'm learning all these amazing things about myself or about the world. And then two weeks after the adventure, I'm kind of, you know, I kind of forget about it. Or I, it's there, but I don't necessarily, it's not vivid in my head. Um, that reminds me, me and my wife went to Europe and we just observed the way everybody ate over there. It was so healthy. It was local produce, local meat, local cheese. You know, they didn't really eat anything too unhealthy or processed and we came back home and we're like this is how we're gonna eat from now on you know we're <laughs> even our coffee we're just gonna do espresso because we went to Italy so we're you know we saw how the other how other cultures do this right and we were adamant about it for about five days and then you know that that fresh in your mind memory kind of disappears so anyways, enough of that establishing. This is all going to lead to the point that I want to bring up today or the story I want to tell. Um, I'm fresh off an adventure this morning up Buffalo Mountain. And if you don't know or never heard of Buffalo Mountain, I don't really blame you. But uh, if you've ever been to Summit County in Colorado where you have Breckenridge, Keystone, um, Copper Mountain, all that stuff, Buffalo Mountain is the big... I mean, it looks like a buffalo. I don't know how else to describe it, hence the name. Some other genius came up with this idea that it was called Buffalo Mountain. Uh, but it's the big, kind of, it looks like a gentle giant, right? Like a gentle slope as you're driving down I-70 from the Eisenhower Tunnel. Um, it's a beautiful mountain. My wife's mom and stepdad, they, they've had a, a cabin on the mountain ever since I've known them. In fact, me and my wife came out here the even before we were dating officially um to buffalo mountain so a special place to us lake dylan if you know anything about my family very very special uh very meaningful to us so buffalo mountain overlooks all of summit county it's, it's awesome it's beautiful and uh i've been up it about six times so every time we come to summit county i'm like i'm i'm climbing buffalo mountain 
that's going to be a workout one day. I'm going to climb up it. It's going to be a beautiful view. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to get a little bit of high altitude. It's about 12,000 feet. But it's, it's something that I always strive to do when I come out here. And plus, we can hike directly from the door of this cabin and get to the trailhead. So pretty sweet, pretty sweet opportunity there. So this morning's adventure happens like most adventures, unexpectedly. It wasn't supposed to be an adventure. It was supposed to be a workout. I was going to go hike the mountain super quick, get a good sweat on, you know, run down the mountain. Yeah, I can't really run up it yet. I'm not at that level of mountain goat ability, but um, I was going to hike it up really fast, run down, then plop my butt on the couch and watch the Iowa game, right? So not not an, not what I would call an adventure necessarily, but like most really good adventures or most experiences you have where you learn something, it came unexpectedly. There was a lot of more obstacles that I had to overcome. So let's start where the tail should should probably start, right? My alarm goes off at 4.45 a.m. And I start laughing because I've been up since about 2 a.m. And in fact, I've probably been up since about midnight off and on since um, apparently my one-and-a-half-month-old daughter takes after me and needs to eat every hour on the hour you know she needs something to eat so she wakes up and we're in a different place she's not in her usual bed you know so there's all that so every hour she cries wakes up I do the nice fatherly thing try to change her diaper or not try change her diaper <laughs> and then hand her to my wife to for her to get some food and I fall back to sleep but you know about two this morning I felt pretty guilty about falling back asleep because this is the second night this has happened out here and my wife is definitely sleep deprived and I feel really, really bad for her. And on top of that, my two and a half year old decided to crawl into bed with us and she is like a freaking Muay Thai expert and just kicks you in the chest super hard in the middle of the night when you least expect it to, you know? And that's how Houdini died. <laughs> Didn't he get punched in the chest and, you know... He wasn't flexing or something. I don't know. But anyways, I don't want to die like Houdini. Uh, so when my daughter kicks me in the middle of the night, I do have that instinct to just flex my abs. And then she kicks me. And I'm like, okay, we're good here. And then five seconds later, she kicks me again. And so on and so forth. So needless to say, 2 a.m. comes around, not getting much sleep. I'm trying to like rub my wife's back so she feels all right about staying up again um, and going through that. And about 3.30, I decide... To just wake up. I'm like, you know what? My alarm set for 4:45. It's 3:30. I'm just getting up. So I took the babe downstairs, listened to some Iowa Hawkeye podcasts. Which, if you are a Hawkeye fan, Drew Tate, Anton Narinsky, just bro broing out and telling old Iowa stories. It's pretty. It's pretty great. But uh, so I do that, um, and I pack my bags and I get hiking poles and all this stuff. And it had been snowing all night and it's September 24th <laughs> so I walk out I look outside and the ground's covered I look up at the mountain I'm trying to see it see if I can see the moon reflecting on it you can't see it. it's completely covered in clouds so I'm like okay it's gonna be pretty cold so I forego the running shorts and put on hiking pants layer up um I borrow 
my stepfather-in-law's hat, so thank you, Stan, for that, because I would have froze to death, and I bring the baby back upstairs and kiss my wife, and then I'm out the door, right? And quick side note, if you've ever hiked in the woods in the dark by yourself before, you know that at first it's always a little terrifying. It's something you have to get comfortable with. Um, I remember my very first time trail running in the dark because I like to wake up early, too early sometimes, but I like to wake up early, get out the door, get my workout in before I come home and spend the rest of the time with my family. You know, I like, I, the best trail runs is when I wake up and I go out the door and I run for a while and I come back and right when I come home, my family's waking up and we can cook pancakes, right? That's the best time. So the very first time I decide to trail run in the dark, I pull into Angler's Park in Danville, Virginia, and there's a cop just sitting there with his lights on and everything. And I, I'm, I'm looking at the sign right next to the cop car, and it says, Angler's Park, open, sunrise to sunset. I look down at my phone, and I'm like, oh, crap, sunrise isn't happening for at least another hour and a half. <laughs> So I get out of my car, I talk to the cop, I'm like, hey man, I'm training for a race, it starts at night, so I need to train at night, or in the dark at least, you know, to get used to that, because it's something you definitely need to get used to, and he just looked at me like I was the craziest person, he was like, you aren't going to be doing no drugs up in the woods, are you? And I said, no, and I will try not to fall flat on my face, so I'll try my best to be safe, he's like, well, go for it, man, you're crazier than me. So I head out in the woods and, you know, it's completely dark. I have my uh, headlamp and it's kind of bouncing up and down. Now I use my iPod phone if I'm running uh, my iPod phone. I use the flashlight on my iPhone when I'm running because it's a little bit easier to control where you're looking. But uh, every time I'd stop, I'd like look at, up into the woods with a light and you just see eyes staring back at you, which... You know, if you're a seasoned, you know, woodsman, <laughs> I guess is what you'd call them. If you're a seasoned woodsman, those eyes are definitely deer. So nothing to be scared of. But, you know, they're bare out there. There are copperheads. You know, it's something you should be aware of running at night. So um, it's a little bit uncomfortable. By this point in my life, I'm used to it. Except now we've moved to Colorado where you have some other, other aspects at play. Cough, cough mountain lions. Um, I don't fully expect to see any, so I'm not too intimidated by that. But, so I head out the door, and I start going up in the woods, and it's dark, and right away I'm like, I can't run. I Usually I run the first little bit before you start heading up the mountain, but I can't run. I tweaked my back a couple days ago, and it's not happening. So it's already going to be slower than expected. So I start hiking at a pretty good pace, and I'm headed up, and what I thought the snow last night I thought was just gonna melt, it's there, and it's probably like three inches of snow covering the whole, the whole path. And all of us, like right away, that's not a good thing. Cause I'm just wearing trail running shoes; they don't have the best grip. They're not like boots. So already the doubts and the, you know, the little negative voice in your head starts talking man, maybe you should just turn around. Maybe this isn't your morning. You've already been up for like four hours, dude. Go back and go to sleep. Um, 
But, you know, I've shut that voice down before, so I just kept kept walking up the hill. And I'm getting higher and higher up the hill. And then I realize, I try to go to have a sip of water out of my camel back. And this is a lesson I've learned so many times before. And yet, I always seem to have to relearn it. The camelback's completely frozen. So already I'm like, all right, no water on this trip. I guess I could eat some snow, you know. I guess that's one way to stay hydrated. <clears throat> but my camelback's completely frozen over. But, you know, I've done this mountain before. It's taken me like two and a half hours before. So I can go without water for two and a half hours, no problem. So I just keep going. Shut down that voice again. It's like, turn around, dude, turn around. And I finally get up above treeline. And if you've ever been on Buffalo Mountain, once you hit treeline, there's a pretty significant boulder field with big rocks. I mean, if you look at Buffalo Mountain, there's like big boulder slides going down it, right? That have like knocked out trees and stuff. It's kind of cool. And there's you get to the big boulder field. And <clears throat> six times previously climbing this mountain, I've gotten lost on the boulder field. And you end up you probably doing some class two scrambling versus what you would normally do if you just followed the little cairns, which are little rock piles. Uh, if you listen to my interview with Calvin Johansson, I believe he talked about that. Um, so I start headed up and I'm determined. I'm like, dude, lucky number seven, man. I am not getting lost this, this time. I'm going to dominate this mountain. <laughs> and within like five minutes, I have to stop and I'm, it's still dark out. So I'm using my phone flashlight, trying to find the next Cairns. And I'm like, well, that lasted like five minutes. I'm completely lost again. And so then I just start bouldering up it because this was this is one of those lessons, right? The only way up a mountain is up. So if you get thrown off the path, so if you're like, this is gonna be a, you know an analogy or analogy, I think that's it. I'm not the best at at uh, English, you know, but uh, <laughs> this is an analogy for life or like setting a goal. You have a goal. This morning, my goal was the top of the mountain. There's a set path, right, that you are gonna follow. And you can follow that path and it'll take you up the mountain for sure. But sometimes things happen that's going to knock you off the path. Now for me this morning, it was just being a dum-dum and not finding the actual trail like always on this mountain. And so although I was off the path, you still can see your objective and you know if you just keep going up, you're eventually going to get there. So you have to just keep going forward so you, I keep going forward now and I'm kind of doing a class two scramble but each of the boulders have like three inches of snow on them some ice I'm wearing trail running shoes <laughs> and on top of all that as I said I don't wear a headlamp which is dumb I just use my phone flashlight which I realized this morning was really dumb when you're doing some scrambling because I only have one hand so every so often I'm slipping banging my legs against rocks twisting my ankles and all that fun stuff, uh, and thinking the whole time, man, going down this is going to not be pretty and not be fun. Um, and so once again, there's that voice, turn around, man. You, you can just go home right now. You're not disappointing anybody except yourself. You know, no one else is going to care if you stay the course or you get to the top, but you will care, but you will care. But then there are also the voice talking. Why are you doing this, man? You've already been up here. 
what's the point? Are you doing this just simply for a workout? Because there are other ways you can get a workout. But something else told me that I was doing it for some reason. Some reason that was unknown to me. And I just, I didn't fully grasp what it was yet. So I get above the boulder field. I finally find the path again. Like always. That always happens. This is just a repeat of the six times I've climbed this before. Except now there's snow and ice and all that stuff. And I get above it and now all of a sudden the wind's hitting me. There's these awesome little uh, snow tornadoes flying everywhere my beard's frozen my hat's frozen um it's not even that cold really but it was just it was very windy which added to the chill and there's no view so sometimes when you hike these mountains you want to see the view that's why like some people that's the only reason they hike the mountain is to see the view and i get to the top and there's no view whatsoever except the only view is my frozen face um and usually I sit up there and eat breakfast and all that stuff, but it was too cold. So I started just heading back down. And part of me, you know, the, the negative part of me is thinking, well, that was, that was worthless, Chris. You just climbed that whole thing and you didn't even get a pretty view. Um, but, but I kept shutting that down. This is the kind of the theme of today. I just kept shutting down that negative voice and saying, man, I climbed this for a reason. I climbed this maybe today. The only reason I climbed this was to understand that I can push through some negative self-talk and still get to the top. Or maybe I climbed it just to start perfecting some of my mountaineering skills, right? Like climbing over boulders with ice and snow on it. Maybe I just am climbing it solely to become better at that. And in the future, sometime that'll pay off. And so I started heading down the mountain. And now it's sunrise. You can't see anything though because their clouds are covered and it's still snowing. And the clouds break and they open up. And they open up to the most beautiful sunrise I've ever seen in my life. And I wake up early, so I've seen a lot of sunrises. This is un describable undescribable indescribable it's completely indescribable i cannot even begin to do it justice so i took a couple pictures i looked down they can't do it justice i'll i'll link them to the bottom of this post but the pictures can't even can't even show you what i'm seeing so let me try i said it's indescribable i'll try to describe it the sun is like sun rays are bursting through the clouds over Lake Dillon, which is this giant man-made lake in Summit County. Um, and it's the, the orange sky is reflecting off the lake, right? And all around are these aspen trees that are turning gold from being fall, you know, they're gold. I've never seen that before. I've never been up here in the fall. And so these trees, the little patches that you see of the aspens, look like gold flakes have been sprinkled all over Summit County. And it legitimately almost brought me to my knees. It was that beautiful. And I realized this, this is the lesson that I needed to be reminded of, that I know I've read in books, I've experienced before, but it's something that I always continuously 
forget. It always fades away. And the lesson is, in the present moment, you have all the peace you need. All the beauty you need. Everything you need is right here, right now, in the present moment. And for some of us, like me, it takes a beautiful, gorgeous, bring-you-to-your-knees kind of sunrise to, re to remember that. But it doesn't need, you don't need those big moments. You, sh you can experience that every single day, no matter where you are. If you just take a second to be conscious and maybe look around, smell the air, listen to the noises you're hearing, if you do that, anywhere can be that absolutely beautiful. And I need to, especially during stressful moments, I need that reminder. Over the last few weeks, we've been moving, rearranging, getting used to a new life. My two-year-old's been off her schedule, which if you know what that's like, woo, man. So I need that. I, I came down that mountain, and I'm literally, this is right after I got in the door. I saw my wife, I'm like, I gotta go, I gotta do this podcast, or I'm gonna forget all this stuff. But I came down the mountain like, what's his name? Jimmy Stewart in It's a Wonderful Life, which is if, you, if you've ever seen that, he's sprinting down the alleyway being like, Merry Christmas, you old crazy grocery store. Merry Christmas, tree on the side of the block. You know, he's just so grateful because he's had this eye-opening experience. And he's so thankful and grateful for everything that he has and everything in his life. And that's how I came down the mountain. I have the biggest smile on my face right now. This was an unexpected adventure, an unexpected present. And it's just a reminder that heaven can be right here on earth right now what you're experiencing and that is powerful so thank you for listening today i'm gonna go upstairs i'm gonna enjoy my family i'm gonna be telling <laughs> running down the street like jimmy stewart giving him hugs and kisses and being like happy september 23rd you crazy old people or whatever 24th whatever day it is and I'm going to live my life and my day just so grateful. And I have adventure to thank for that. So please, I'm begging you, go out and find an adventure today. Go out and find an adventure this week. Do something. Do something uncomfortable, something fun, something that'll give you exhilaration. You will learn so much about the world and about yourself. Having adventures are what makes life worthwhile sometimes or what makes this experience we have be as beautiful as it possibly can be. And I'm always going to remember this sunrise, always, and always remember what I experienced today. So thanks for listening. Um, I'll get back at you next week. We'll have a guest on, uh, some pretty awesome guests lined up. So uh, yeah, I just felt so driven to share that today and I'm so grateful for everything that I have in my life.
Have a good one.